Welcome, everybody, to the GBO Podcast, where we're talking Gamecock basketball only, brought to you by Modern Exterminating. We know what bugs you. As always, I'm Sumter. And I'm Bryce. 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 It's Christmas time. How we doing? Jingle bells, jingle bells. All the way. And the Gamecock basketball teams keep winning. That's right. Outside uh, outside of that little blip for the men. Ain't no thing, but we had some close calls this week, is what I'll say for the men. Plural, plural. Are you really going to do this? You're going to call them close calls, close calls, plural. Well, the Charleston Southern game, it was a, it caused a lot of stress in the arena because yes. first of all, everyone was full from the free concessions. There are people consuming multiple hot dogs. <laughs> I have a question. I have a question. We need to get out in front of this. All right. Has has anybody on the GBO has any member of the GBO podcast had to go to the ER because they ate too many cons- of the free December concessions that Colonial Life is doing? No, but there was someone on Gamecock Twitter who was in the ER last night. So we're so we're doing better than the Colonial Life Arena. Our percentage is zero. The Colonial Life Arena's percentage is a little higher. And from Sumter from college, after I told you the numbers that guy ate, you said rookie numbers. Rookie numbers. Rookie numbers. Five, five, five hot dogs in the ER. I I don't want to – I don't even know – this is crazy that we're even talking about this. But just – just if you're going to the ER eating all-you-can-eat concessions, we need to to see some real numbers. He must have had some other problems going on. All right. I, I, I am sure. I hope I, I wish him all the best. I do not want to, I do not want to, you, you, you know, um, I don't want to say anything mean to anybody that's that's out there in pain. All right. Let's talk is about he okay. Is he okay? He, I think he's okay, but I need to okay. check in. I'll check in and see. All right. So Charleston Southern comes into the game Saturday. They are. 353 out of 363 in Kempom. We were favored by 20 points. And Charleston Southern has the best game of their lives. It happens. It's basketball. But guess what? We win. We won. We won. And again, but we got to break it down how we got there. So we do. We do. We do. Because it because it wasn't pretty. So I'm I'm it's probably late in the first half. And I'm like, you know, Charleston Southern staying within four, six, eight between that. And I'm, I look up at the stats and I'm like, am I missing something? Are we just playing bad? And we were shooting 61%. And I'm like, why are we only beating these guys by four or five points, three points? And every shot they made, I would say about 90% of them were contested. They were making fadeaway shots and they're just, Everything was going in, and they had one or two guys that were just money from outside 10 feet. But anyway, wild game. We didn't have our best, I would say, that night. Um, Michi and BJ Mack as starting to turn into a pattern. They're always the guys around 15 or a little bit above 15 points, 16 points. But it was just something was in the air, and I think even Lamont Paris talked about it in the post game that he said that there's a lot of teams – that have these games, and, you know, I call it, what, playing down to your competition, Sumter. Um, South Carolina has been known to do that. I think that was a Frank Martin staple, um, playing down to competition, especially quad four teams. But it was just 
one of those games where we could have lost and we didn't, and we should just move on from it. It is what it is. Your thoughts on the Charleston Southern game? Yeah, and let's talk about this first half for a little bit. So um, they shoot 65% from the floor in the first half. They were 17 for 26. Pretty good. I I would say that if they shoot like that, they'll be winning in the first half against almost anyone they play. Like right. 65, 65.5% is incredible. Um, they were 5 for 10 from from the three-point line for 50%. Now, they shot no free throws. And that happens with this team. This team either shoots a lot or shoots very little. And this is, These are first-half numbers. They shot no free throws. And uh, Charleston Southern had a pretty decent game, too. They, uh, the Carolina was winning at halftime, 39-36. And um, Charleston Southern in the uh, in the first half, I mean, they shot 55% from the floor. They shot... They shot 38% from three. And so d- d- decent shooting night for them. We should have been up by more than three at halftime, the way that we were shooting the ball. And then Bryce, and this is going to be true with this team as we progress. I love this team. This team is better than Carolina basketball teams we've seen in recent re- years. But we're going to go cold from the three-point line. And that's just going to be the story of the game. And the bottom teams in Kimpom can beat us. Uh, second half, they shot one for 15 from the three-point line, the Cox did. And so that, that's it right there. Like, And that was kind of a pattern this week between Charleston Southern Winthrop. I think, well, you're what, 6 of 25 against uh, um, Charleston Southern and 6 for 26 against Winthrop. It was it's a pattern. But again, when you have those games, because that's going to happen when you shoot the three, it is a good sign that you can still win the games when crap happens. And you know how they won the game, Bryce? What's that? They shot no free throws in the first half, but they shot 11 in the second half. And how many of them did they make? Nine. They made nine. Nine for 11 in the second half from the foul line. They couldn't hit anything. They went to the line and they made them and they win by four. And this this is a game that this team loses. Um, you know, obviously Frank Martin lives rent free in our heads still, but That's like right. this is a team that Frank Martin teams lose to. This is a game that those teams would have lost, and um, and and this team didn't. And one of the reasons that this team didn't is that they just buried their free throws down the stretch, and that is maybe the biggest difference between this team and any Gamecock team I have ever watched. I I, I don't know that they are there's probably been some Gamecock teams that we've watched that shot the free throw really well but recently in the last years you know it's well man and it's it's awesome it's it's awesome to watch I got a question for you what's that when's the last time Michi Johnson missed the free throw I want to say he missed one in the East Carolina game first half, or it might've been Arizona. I, I, I recall a one or two in that East Carolina game front end of one of ones, maybe Notre oh. Dame. Oh, wow. Notre Dame. He, he went seven for eight in the Notre Dame game. He missed one from Notre Dame. Michi Johnson has missed one free throw since coming back from Phoenix. He is just taking his game to another level. He is 29 for 30. In the last since coming back from Phoenix, that's some Eric Stevenson numbers, right? There. Yes, yes, and it's awesome. 
Michi, how great is it that Michi last year, you know, he shot a lot of those 30 foot threes and you're like awesome when he makes them, ah, when he misses them. But he has really taken his game up this year. I think we've talked about it, but he can drive to the basket. He can almost take anyone off the dribble and go score. And then add on top of that, the free throws, he's playing at a first team SEC, all SEC level. Yes, he's definitely playing at a first-team All-SEC level, at least in the out-of-conference. If he keeps this up during SEC play, I uh, he he will be a contender for first-team All-SEC. And this team's going to be pretty good in SEC play if he keeps this up. All right, so we win 73-69 over Charleston Southern. I was worried after the game. We, I was happy that we won, and I was like, I'm going to go, man, what's the net and Kim Palm going to do to us? And I think it was 15 to 16 spots drops. Even though we won, the ratings police, the ratings did not like us after that game. But would you say that was expected after your favor by 20? Favor by 20, you win by four. You're going to fall. That's fine. You won the game. If, so, if they if if they only played quad four teams and they only ever beat them by four, it would probably be pretty bad. But, it'd be a different situation if we weren't in the SEC and it had a crappy conference and you have right. to get the big wins out of right, nine. right. But but they are in the SEC, and so what they need to do is they need to win the games in the out of conference that they're supposed to win. Charleston Southern was one of those games, and they did it. Right? They didn't have their best game. They went out and only two guys scored in double figures. They they won anyway. All right. And um Chad Holbrook then, would appreciate that phrase. Winning. Who would? Chad Holbrook, your boy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the bunt worked. Um <laughs> but uh but they would win anyway. And um and you win these out of conference games, and then what you need to do is have a good SEC schedule. And if they have a good SEC schedule, if they can go 9-9 nine and nine in SEC play, then 20 games is now in play for this team. This team is, what, 10-1? and one? We got two out of non-cons left, right? Yes. And they're both quad four, aren't they? They are deep quad fours. Well, not as probably not as deep as Charleston Southern. But, deep, pretty deep. But, but quad four is quad four. So they should win those. So, like, if this team keeps playing how they've been playing in the out-of-conference schedule, it is safe to say that 12-1 and one is very much in play for them and uh, in, in their out-of-conference, which means 9-9 nine and nine makes them, what, 21-10 and 10 going into the SEC tournament? That's, that's just a place that I don't know if we've been in a long time. And we'll be breaking that down in our SEC preview pod coming up in about a, a little over a week. Um, let's talk about the Winthrop game. We beat Winthrop 72-62. Score is a little bit bigger than how tight it was down the stretch. Just another one of those games. We were only favored by 10 and a half. We win by 10. Um, I've noticed something, a pattern here going into this game. BJ Mack, when he plays guys that are super athletic, fast, undersized, either fast, undersized big men, he's getting a little bit exposed on defense because he's not able to keep up with those big men. I don't know if you saw that pattern, but Mac is going to be always that matchup nightmare because he can score. He can hit the deep three off the, off the pick, but some of these smaller guys, and maybe it was just the last couple of games, like he's getting a little bit exposed on defense. Are you, any worries 
BJ Mack defense going down the stretch here? Worries? I I don't know. Sure. It, am I worried that when we play teams like Kentucky or Tennessee, they're going to have you know NBA guys on their team that BJ Mack might might have some trouble? Yeah, but that's going to be true for any big man. In you know that's not like we're not Kentucky, we're not Tennessee, we're not Auburn. You know, and so we are who but, we thought we were. So we're, we're exactly who we thought we were. And uh, so, yeah, but at the same time, I feel like there's ways that you can get this lineup and this roster to expose those guys as well. You know, BJ Mack can bring what, whatever he can't do against a, a significantly bigger, more athletic guy on defense. He can bring them out. All right. He can hit that three point shot. He can, he can, he can stretch the floor. He can, give you so many options from a flexibility standpoint that allow, you, you know, that expose the lane and allow someone like Michi Johnson to thrive, drive into the basket. There's ways to win these games. Is this a perfect team? No. You know, would, would it be nice having Sam Muldrow on the team or Chris Ooh, Silva? Triple sure. double, triple double Muldrow. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, who can get on, who, who can get a triple double blocking 10 shots? Blocks. That's right. But but that's all in the past. This team is 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 what we have, and it's a good team. And so I'm not worried about this team. You know, like we're gonna have some games where good players are gonna beat us. We're gonna have some games where the good players on this team, like BJ Mack, are gonna beat the other team. There's gonna be an SEC game or two on the road in which B.J. Mack drives an opposing fan base crazy because he's going to hang out at the three-point line and get hot. I like it. All right. If I would have told you going into this game that Michi would finish with 20 points, how many three-pointers would you have said that he would have made to get to that 20 points? I would have said he makes a couple. However, I also would have been totally fine believing that he gets there by just going crazy from the free throw line. Oh, for five from three. And the guy, as you just talked about, he gets to the line. And what does he do, Sumter, when he goes to the line? Makes them. He makes buckets. He makes them. This this game against Winthrop, it kind of reminded me, remember like sophomore junior Sundarius Thornwell when sometimes he wouldn't have it offensively? Like, like it was like a, it was like an every other game type thing, and he wouldn't have it. And then what he would do down the stretch of games, he he'd have made like four shots total all game, and he'd end up with eighteen points because he'd just drive and drive and drive, and he'd shoot twelve free throws and he'd make ten of them. We, we beat in the Barclays Center the year before they made the tournament. Iowa State beat Iowa State who was like number eight in the nation. Maybe I've ranked them too high. They were like around 10 to 12. They, they were they were highly ranked. I, I want to say like like um, the Morris kid for um, for uh, Denver, the, 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 the guy that like, like um, played on that Iowa State team. Maybe I'm I, – I might, They had a small forward, more. power forward guy that was a NBA um, guy. But um, – but, we win this game with 
Sundarius not playing a great offensive game, but down the stretch, just getting the ball, going to the basket, not making the shot, but getting fouled and making free throws. And that's kind of what Michi did in this game. And you see that Thornwell, he was 6'5". Michi's doing that at 6'2". That's impressive. He's yeah. he He's so fast off the dribble. Just he has a sweet cut. Give him a pick, he rolls. And then if he's not open, he's dishing it to somebody. It's just we can't praise Michi enough. I do want to give a shout-out, Sumter. If you listen, I think everyone that listens to the pod knows that we're not the biggest fans of BBV. But this last week, he's been – his stat sheet doesn't you know scare you, but he's gotten some timely offensive rebounds. Shout-out to BBV this week. That is my my underrated player of the week. He's been killing it this week, especially on the rebounds. Bryce, how many free throws did the Gamecocks make in uh, the Winthrop game? I know this because it shocked me. 12 of 12. 12 of 12. 100%. How many free throws of those did BBV take? Didn't he shoot two of them? He shot two of them. I was he, like, he made them. And I, I, I tried – Right that's over 10%. Shot that's like 18% of the free throws. BBB shot like 18% of our free throws, and they shot 100% from the line. Kudos to BBB. In Section 106, I was saying, you know, guys, there's no way he's going to make two of those, and he just sinks them. It was shocking to everybody in the arena. Well, if, if, uh, if, if you're ever around Bryce at a basketball game, when a guy like BBB goes to the line, He'll turn around to everyone behind him, and he'll be like, we're good if he makes one here, right? Like, everybody's happy with that, and then he won't watch, and and the guy will make one. He goes, we're good with it, we're good with it, and, and he'll turn back around and watch the game. Now, BBB, just, we hate on him a lot. He's doing very well. When he comes in, he does what he needs to do. Because you see um, Boyle's coming back in the last week and a half, two weeks, has hurt some of his minutes and Josh Gray's minutes. But BBV, when he comes in there, we always thought he was just a guy that's going to get his fouls called on him so other guys don't get in foul trouble. But he's been playing at a high-level effort. So I just wanted to give give him a shout-out. We try to give praise when praise is due on the pod. There you go. All right. So I think most of this Winthrop game, it was a – I think it, they cut it to two in the second half, and they missed a free throw too, which they were making free throws all night. And then we extended out. But for most of that second half to the last minute, minute and a half, two minutes, it was a three- to four-point game. And I don't think Winthrop is the team. Who's the guy that went to College of Charleston? Pat Kelsey. Kelsey. They're not at Kelsey's Winthrop's team levels. or And, and they're definitely not Greg Marshall's Winthrop. Right. So, but they are pesky. But we got the win. And I think they're around paper, one. Like when you're looking at the schedule, you see, you see uh, Charleston Southern, you see Winthrop, you see um, Walford. Walford, like, like, and, and you think they're the same. Winthrop was not the same. We, last, last pod we did, we talked about how we had these four games left and that if we were going to drop one, it would, we were worried about this Winthrop game being the one. Uh, I, I want to disagree with you a little bit about them not being able to put it away. They basically stayed up between eight to 12 points in the entire second half 
with the exception of a quick little run that Winthrop went on to cut it to two or three. And then as soon as that run happened, there's a timeout was called. They they got settled. They came back out and they and they, and they got it back up to 10-point lead, one by 10. Exactly what a good team is supposed to do. Well, I'm still worried. I just don't like these close games. It kills my blood pressure. Well, that's fine, but but you shouldn't be like like find some joy, Bryce. We're ten and one. You're right. I need to work on my joy. Maybe it's just me. Am I the only Gamecock fan that this in this situation, Sumter? You think? <laughs> no comment. All right. We we got to talk about basketball only here. That's right. Um, any worries about Murray Boyles? Played a couple of games, not scoring high on the points. Anything to worry about, or he's just getting his feet wet? Not worried yet. I will. I will worry about Murray Boyles if if he does not improve as the season goes along. That's when I worry about Murray Boyles. The kid had COVID. The kid lost. Like I, I don't know what to believe from what I've read about this because. You know, even the timetable was all over the place. It was, you know, it started out, oh, he's going to miss a month. Then it's like, oh, well, we hopefully will get him back after the exam weeks. And then in the run-up to that, it was, oh, well, hopefully he's back in January. And then, like, right after that report came out, he's playing, and you know, in the Clemson game. And so just everything's been all over the place on what Mono has done to him. But what I do know is true is that he's been – really hit with this mono. He lost a bunch of weight. He's sluggish. He's tired. And so expecting anything from him, I think is putting way too much pressure on him. And what we need to be looking for is seeing Murray Boyles improve as we get into SEC play. And if that happens, great. This team is capable without Murray Boyles of playing well in NCA in excuse me of playing well in SEC play and so once we get into SEC play if, if Murray Boyles keeps improving and starts giving us meaningful minutes that's a bonus how about Jacoby Wright this week shout out to Jacoby Wright two good two decent games after I think you know being a little sluggish coming at it back from Arizona did he have two did I, I didn't think he what did he have in the Charleston Southern game I wanted to say it was four or five points, but he made some decent buckets. So he had he had four points, but you know, I've just he he had a couple two zero point games, and I was getting a little worried. But he made a couple buckets, and I'm not worried about Jacoby Wright because he I feel like he's always that X factor when you need the six to eight points a game. The guy that needs to make a timely shot, he makes them. We need him to get rolling, especially going into SEC play. In SEC play, we're going to play teams that are better than us, right? The only time, and and sometimes, and we're going to lose some of them. Um, that happened once this um, non-con season where we played Clemson, and by every metric, Clemson is better than us. Had Jacoby Wright played a good game, we win that Clemson game. Right. And so calling him an X-factor is, is definitely true. And I think that we're going to, you know, have Auburn or somebody on the ropes in the Colonial Life Arena who we're not supposed to beat. And Jacoby is going to just all of a sudden, 
do his little thing where three possessions in a row, he just gets three big buckets. And it's just like, whoa, here we go. It's good to see him kind of get his swagger back a little bit. Hopefully he gets back up to, you know, bringing us 10, 15 points every other game or so. So Cox wins 72-62. Guess who's coming up next? Next Friday or this Friday coming up? Elon. Last time we played Elon, um, Sumter, what happened in that game? The fact that you're asking me this means that we probably lost. We went there with Darren Horn and we lost. That's right. One of those. Why are you going to play? Why are you going to play there? We've said so that we all year. We haven't played. We haven't played Elon since we since we lost to them with Horn. Correct. Man, I was. I had, so- I had to look it up. I thought we might have played it once or twice in between. We have not. Well, I, are you ready for? Let's let's go ahead and do the modern exterminating. What's bugging you? And this isn't bugging me. Nothing. I don't really think anything's hey, bugging me. Free throws are not bu- bugging us. We, we we need to change it to the we got modern exterminating, so nothing's bugging us this week. Ooh. We're playing Elon at home. That's that's I'm feeling good about that. Like not going to Elon. We we went to East Carolina, we walked away w- with a win, and we're not going back on the road in the non-con. I'm good with that. We've been saying all year, just don't ever, ever, ever schedule those games against going to a small school because you have really no benefit if you win and you have everything to lose if you lose. All right, let's talk Kim Palm and Net going into the last two games non-conference of the year. Well, Kim Palm, we fell a little bit. We're down to 71. Did you see who shot up it recently? Virginia Tech, I saw, and Grand Canyon are earlier. Like how's Grand Canyon? Grand Canyon passed us. Well, hey, we need them to keep doing what they do yeah. because that's quad one. Now, Virginia Tech was below 50, but they just went above 50. I think they're around 53. No, they're, they're at 55. We need to get them back in the 50s so that we can have a quad one win because that looked good for a little while. But – Okay with 71 in Kimbom. I think we were around 51 before that, 52 before the Charleston Southern game. I'm totally fine. I'm, it's it's a long season. They're not putting us in the tournament today, you know. So Kimbom fluctuates. It's going to go up and down. Well, win let's talk games, about yeah. win, win your basketball games, play well in SEC play, win, go nine and nine in SEC play, and and we're on the bubble. Don't go nine and nine in SEC play. We're in the NIT. Go better than nine and nine in SEC play. We're in. Like it's it's as simple as that. And and Kim Palm will reflect that. So like it was nice in the non in the non con, especially early on after we beat Virginia Tech and we climbed into the fifties. It was not. It, it it created some you know buzz going into the Clemson game. But it, it's about winning basketball games. They they've won ten of them. They're hopefully going to be twelve and one once they enter SEC play. Win more than twenty, you gotta you, you gotta shout at the dance, and and that is on the table for this team. Forty four in the net. I think that's a good spot. I would love to exactly. stay in the top fifty in the net. That would be great. Um, we'll see what happens, but everything is in front of us. That's good to say in late December, right? For the men, yeah. 
All right. We'll see what happens with the men. We got Elon on Friday. I think we got Florida A&M, the Rattlers, around New Year's. And, and everybody come out. We kind of teased this at the beginning of the show, but you got free concessions at the Colonial Life Arena. Like, I didn't actually believe this, but they're literally giving away food. If, if you were just hungry, you could probably go scalp yourself a ticket for five to, bucks for five bucks outside of the arena and go in and eat thirty dollars worth of concessions and then and call and then head head on over to the Vista and and call and call it a night or the ER one or the other or the ER yeah but so I think what what the free concessions last through December so they'll last Elon and Florida A and M that's right All right. Um, all right, let's jump to the women. And we were joking before we started recording that we need to maybe open another Twitter handle called Cox by 70 and say, did the did the Cox win by 70, yes or no, after every game? We would have said it more times than not this season, I think. Man, I feel bad for these small schools that play us. It's just yeah. you feel bad. You see them on the sideline, they're like, the first minute or two of the game, they're like, man, we can do this. And then they realize quickly when they're down 20 after the first half or, you know, first quarter that it's probably not going to happen. Um, so anyway, the women beat the crap out of Presbyterian. 99-29. Does it make you a little mad they didn't get that hundy? Little? Eh, no, I'm fine. One note on this game, Raven Johnson doesn't play in this game. Dawn Staley said they needed a rester. You good with that? Yes, yes, I'm good with that. What, when you were 19, but, 20 years old, did you need rest, Sumter? From time to time, yes. Now, we were not D1 athletes. That's, but, that, that is true. But we were intramural champions. Yeah, sure. I, I, I won an intramural league a time or two. Same for me, but we are not D1, so we're not going to question Dawn. I just thought that's a note to say Raven Johnson didn't play. Um, to the most recent game, we had a little favor game is what we'll call it. Former assistant of Dawn's is coaching at Bowling Green. They go up to Bowling Green, which I think is somewhere in Ohio. Is there a Bowling Green, Ohio? Yes. There you go. Um and they go up there and beat him handily. Cardoso got a little roughed up, but I think she'll be okay. Um, they win 93-62. Playing at a small school, the MAC, I had a little worry just for a second. Then I realized that the women destroy people when they're not ranked. Um, anything of note for the women this week? Chloe Kitts. I was what I was gonna. You ask a question and you answer. You ask a yeah, question yeah. and you answer. Go I ahead, gonna, I, I've actually probably been harder on Chloe Kitts than than most people. Um, Bowling Green game. She was great, man. She's she's looking good. Like just rebounds, points, defense, everything. She is. She's really coming into her own in this non-con. And uh, yeah, I think she's I think she's going to be one of our best players down the stretch. She's got a mean streak. I'm going to keep talking yeah. about that. She's got the Elena Elena Coates mean streak, and it's good to see her keep growing game after game. 
your girl Bree Hall, four to six from three. That's she, just a it, that's a slow a clap. That's a slow clap. Just um somebody somebody referred to to them as the Splash Sisters. And I just I was just like, yes, we need to aggregate this. The, the, like, like we need to. This is this is awesome. It's a different it's a different Carolina basketball team than the than ones we've seen, and yet it's the same. It's the same in that they just go out there and win. Between, and um, between it, Pow Pow and Hall, yeah. eight of the nine threes. That's incredible. It's great having three point shooters. I know we can't. I probably repeat ourselves. We sound like a broken record, but. It is just fun to see this women. Isn't that all podcasts are? Three point shooting is so great. It's it it, it's fun. It's not what we saw last season, but it's the same results. And you you know maybe it'll deliver a little better once SEC play comes around in the tournament. All right, now the women. They're eleven and zero. Two more non-cons left. They got to go to East Carolina, which for some reason the Gamecocks like playing in Greenville, North Carolina. And then we have UConn coming up in February. We just got announced today is a sellout, 18,000 for the UConn game coming up. Looking at the schedule for the women, I know we'll talk about this more in the preview, SEC preview on our next pod, but there's going to be a lot of blowouts that I can see on paper. They might get a game or two or close, but I smell blowout clocks by 70 could happen a couple times in SEC play. I mean, this is, it's, it's, it's a top heavy league. Tennessee, LSU, Ole Miss, maybe Kentucky. No, I think it's just us, Ole Miss, LSU, Tennessee, but Tennessee's, Starting to, I mean, they are five and five. I, I six said and maybe six. Kentucky in that, yeah. in that, like Kentucky gave us games last season, right? It ended up being no big deal, but but like they were, they were in it with us. It was close at halftime, you, you know, type thing. It's going to be interesting to see, but I'm just, you know, when you go to the home games and you're up by forty at the half. I guess that's a good problem to have. Is they're delightful. I don't know what you're upset about. Like, maybe that's just me. You you're mad when the games are close, and you're mad when the games are blowouts. Like, if the men had blown out Charleston Southern by seventy points, you would be ecstatic. You would. We would have talked about it for an hour. If the men beat Charleston Southern ninety nine to twenty nine, we'd have talked about it for an hour. You'd have been ecstatic. You just, you just, you really need to find joy. You're not happy when a game is close. You're not happy when it's a blowout. If it's too close, oh, it's my blood pressure. If it's a blowout, oh, I gotta leave at halftime. That's you. That's you. That's Bryce Hedgecock, Gamecock basketball fan. Sumter. It that was a little be, harsh. I'm sorry. It, it wouldn't be a GBO pod without a Sumter rant. I, maybe I, I feel like I've done some of these without ranting. It, it wouldn't be a GBO pod without Bryce being annoyed for no reason. Would you say I'm a complainer? Is that fair yes. to say? Yes. You're just, you're just never happy. All right. Anything to complain about at all for the women 
Anything no, that you can find? Nothing, you good? Nothing. I, the only thing, apparently, the modern exterminating, we know what bugs you, is they're winning by too much. It's all. That's all you've got. That's all you've got to complain about. This team is great. They're great. They right. cannot play UConn every night. Why not us? Why not us? All right. That doesn't even apply here. That doesn't make any sense. And that is the GBO pod. Nothing makes sense. No, incorrect. We we at least aspire to make sense from time to time. 50% of the time, it works every time. To bring this back, no complaints about the women. It's fantastic that we are just right back to exactly where we were last season. Undefeated, winning games we should win by by 70 points, and then beating the other teams that we should beat pretty well, like like the Utah game, you know, like Maryland, like Notre Dame. It's, it's great. It's great. It's a great time to be a South Carolina women's basketball fan. It's also great being number one. Yeah. It feels good. And other teams having turmoil. I'm all here for it. All right. That's it for this week. Sumter, you and I will be getting back together with a special guest come January for the SEC preview. So we won't have one next Sunday, but we'll have one. I think we'll be recording it January 2nd night and we'll have it out the third. Yeah. So we're going to take a, uh, we're going to, we're going to take a break for the holidays. Um, Bryce, you got any big Christmas plans? Traveling and kids. Traveling kids, 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 plural. I, I feel like you were only a kid singular house. Well, I'm a child myself. <laughs> so, so, so traveling. So Aaron will be traveling with kids, plural. That's right. That's right. What you doing? What you getting into? Um, say, traveling, no kids. You don't have to do long travels. You just have to do multiple travels. You just got to go everywhere. You just got to go everywhere. You name a small town in South Carolina. That, that we, I got family there. And you can probably name every restaurant in Clinton, South Carolina. Is that correct? Yes. They get, Clinton, South Carolina, don't knock it, man. They got a new brewery. Ooh. They, yeah, they built it out of this like this old lumber yard. It's it's is it open past 10 o'clock? I think so. Okay. I'm gonna I will tell you this, Bryce. December 23rd, I'm gonna find out. Maybe some GBO fans will show up at the brewery with you. GBO fans, listen to this and come to a brewery in Clinton, South Carolina on, on December 23rd at 10.05. I will drink a beer with them. Absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. But, but yeah, so we're taking a break for the holidays and then um, and then we'll be back. We're going to do our SEC preview on January 2nd. And Bryce, do we want to talk about what we're going to be doing? Let's talk about it. Sounds good. Uh, I believe that we're going to have David Kloniger from the uh, from the Post and Gur- Courier on the show. That's right. Big fan of his. We're looking forward to him. Um, I would say he's the number one beat writer there is at South Carolina. Um, looking forward to get his insight about what's going on with men's and women's basketball. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll do it again after the holidays. See you in January. Go Cox. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays from the GBO. GBO out.